Greetings, Trailblazers, and welcome to another episode of Meta Moves, the only podcast dedicated to teaching you how to build your brand and grow your business in the metaverse. Because we all know that getting ahead of Web3 technology now means major success later. So grab your notebook and your pen, and let's get into today's episode. All right, what's up, y'all? It's so excited for another episode. When I tell y'all, I have been waiting all week, all week to interview this particular guest. She is a friend of mine, but when I tell you she has all the gems as it relates to the metaverse, I could not have a metaverse series, a black and meta series, and not bring Miss Bianca Jackson onto the podcast. I'm so excited about what she's done, what she's been able to do. She's a trailblazer in this space. She's the owner and CEO of Brick Rose Exchange. So much that we're going to unpack here on this episode. But before we get into it, I've got to make sure that she can give herself even an introduction and anything else she wants to share. But without further ado, welcome Miss Bianca Jackson to the episode today. What's up, B? Yo. All the things, all of which you just said. Absolutely. Excited to have you. So look, let's do this. Let's just go straight head first, dive into this thing. We've got a lot to uncover over the next 60 minutes or so. And uh, we got to rewind the tape. That's always the thing, right? How in the heck did you get here? Like, where did the metaverse, I mean, did you just find yourself, stumble upon it? Did somebody share it with you? What was your journey to kind of diving into the metaverse and all things that it is today? Take us back. Well, I'm going to take you back. So that's actually a really great question. You know how like when you're at work and people say, oh, you should do this or they try to give you new assignments. Well, most people say, oh, no, you don't pay me enough for that. Like, right. Like (laughs) my job. And so that's essentially what happened. One day um, the company was going through like downsizing. They unfortunately let go some some people. There was an opportunity to manage the emerging. Right. So I used to be a project manager over at USA Today. And my boss said to me one day, um, do you want to manage the emerging tech team? Now, my only run in with that team was maybe like a week before where I saw them playing Fruit Ninja on um, in VR. Right. So I'm like, I'm walking home or Wait, hold know, on, Bianca. You, you said you saw who you broke up just a little bit. Oh, my bad. So the team, that team, the emerging tech team was playing Fruit Ninja. Right. So it's like at the end of the day, it's like five o'clock, five thirty. They're like one of the last teams still there. So I'm about to like pack up, leave and they're playing Fruit Ninja. So I walk past the hallway and I'm like, what is this? They're like Fruit Ninja. And so with a whole (laughs) bunch of guys. Right. (laughs) And so they're like, you want to play? And so I like took like the little um, I think at the time it was on a riff. And so, you know, slicing the fruit or whatever. So I'm like, okay, they're crazy. And like they get paid to, to slice fruit at work. And so when she said, hey, do you want to manage that team? There was like excitement and fear, right? And so the analogy, the analogy that I always use when I tell people this story is like being offered the position to manage the U.S. ski team without ever stepping on um, snow before. And that's what it was like for me. Like, so I had already managed like web projects, mobile projects, backend infrastructure, databases and stuff like that. But emerging tech for virtual reality, like it didn't exist, of course, because it was new. And so I had to go learn a whole bunch of new stuff. Right. I had to research. um, I had to talk to the team. I went out on demos with them. So conferences where we ran installations and activations. I mean, I learned. (laughs) I learned. And so one of the other things that um, 
that doesn't really come up too often, but I want to make sure that it does when I start, you know, when I continue doing um, interviews like this is that the reason why, right? The reason why I stuck with it. As I was researching, um, I wasn't finding a lot of content, a lot of impactful content that had Black people in it. So I'm going to need you to like, just have that seep in real quick, right? So this is back in, I want to say maybe like 2016 or so. Everywhere you turn, there was content, there were game content, but like no, very few Black characters, very mm. few Black stories in the content, very few Black models. Yeah, um, I'm going to stop you because you're saying such good content and I can't, it's going in and out. I got to make sure we can record this properly so we can elevate it properly. See if you can, I don't know if you want to try to turn your mic on and off. I'm hearing like every other word. I can make out what you're saying, but of course we're recording. I want to make sure it's clear. Hold on. Um, I'm just using. So what I started to find in doing my research was that black people were missing. Um, We were just missing from content. We were missing from impactful stories. We were missing as like 3D models. I mean, we were missing at the table. And so in a lot of research that I've done at that time, I was only able to find like a handful of black people. Right. As well as just even women of color. That took a little bit of research to find. And so you know, um, I normally don't share this part, but I will share this part with you. Where we were showing up was porn. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this can't be it, right? Like, so when you're thinking about people building something for their future, and then you starting to see at the very beginning of you missing, to me, that meant that they intentionally or even un- unintentionally forgot to include us. And so I was just like, I'm not having this. <laughs> so... What can I do um, to make sure that one, we don't get left behind, that we aren't the last ones to know? And so I just feel like with Black people, and especially when it comes to tech, a lot of us are always afraid to kind of go on with a new thing because we don't know what it is. We don't know where we fit. And my frame of reference is just get started because you just don't know what you don't know. And as you get started and you're fumbling your way around, it doesn't have to be perfect. A lot of people have this fear of being janky, right? Right, right. especially Black people. Yeah, but my thing is white people out here being janky too. (laughs) So it's just like, it's just like get in there and figure it out because the earlier you start, the earlier you'll have lessons and you can improve and improve and improve. And so- that's why I think that it is really important. So that's why I do the work that I do. So after, um, so while I was at the uh, USA Today, we managed three projects, right? And so the last project won a Pulitzer. And so for a long time, I didn't even tell people about that because I don't know, I don't know, I guess I just didn't find it impressive. But the more and more I shared, there's like, you got a Pulitzer. And it, it's always with that like response, right? And so I really, I'm really proud of that project because we were able to uplift the voices of Mexican nationals, right? And so it was taking the story beyond illegal, um, illegal immigrants jumping over a fence, right? Um, to talking about issues of um, eminent domain and endangered species and unfortunately rape. Um, border patrol, drugs, and like the real stories for why they were leaving their countries. Like some people traveling as far from Central America through Mexico to make it to the United States. And so it 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 was it was a really powerful project. Um, it came out 
right before the Senate voted on funding, whether or not they were going to fund it. And the whole idea was to give them a realistic idea of politics aside, it is geographically impossible to put a fence from the edge or the coast of California down to Texas. The the land, the land itself just won't allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, If you take it at that very granular level, like we really should have never been having conversations about funding a fence that couldn't do what it was intended to do. I mean, just on a basic level, not even if you didn't care about human rights. Right, 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 right. It makes sense. And so uh, being able to bring that project to life and put it out into the market, we had no idea that it would want a a Pulitzer. We just wanted to tell the story, right? And Mm -hmm. so in telling the story came with that reward at the end. And so that was... um, that was the pinnacle. That was the pinnacle of my career, my corporate career, because not only did we bring that project to life and we told a really beautiful story, a very true story, a very balanced story. Um, from a DEI standpoint, that was the most um, diverse, the most um, equitable, the most inclusive team I've ever worked on being a Black woman in tech. And so a lot of times when I share my story of what it has been like um, in the 14, 15 years that I was working in different Fortune 500 companies, people don't realize that Black women, or actually women of color, only represent 2 to 3%, or at least that was the percentage at the time before mm-hmm. I left. Right. So you think out of 100 employees, only two to three of them are going to be, you know, black women, Asian women, Latino women, whatever. Right. Right. It wasn't until one day I said to my um, manager, who was a Filipino woman, and I was like, you know, um, I'm the only one here. Right. I was like, I'm the only black woman here. And she goes, no, no, you're not. I said, I'm going to need you to close your eyes real quick because I had to do this whole exercise with her. She closed her eyes. I said, all right. I said, shh, right? I said, think about it. What other Black woman is walking around on this 150-person product floor? She opens her eyes. She goes, oh, my God, Bianca, you're right. I said, yeah, I know. This is my reality every day. I come in here and I am the only Black woman. Then there were some Black dudes <laughs> and it was about three of them, right? Right, um, right. Which I talked to pretty frequently. The other one, I don't know, he was doing his own thing. And so, you know, when you start thinking about, I don't know, I think being Black, we have a responsibility in tech, but especially being a Black woman, I think we have even bigger, I'm just saying this because I'm a Black woman, a bigger responsibility in tech to make sure that certain things don't happen, to make sure certain things do happen. I remember there was an instance one time where they were working on like customer avatars, right? And one of the avatars looked like a rapper, like, and it was supposed to represent black people. And I was just like, y'all can't put this out. And there was like, um, the woman who was designing it was like a Russian woman. So she didn't really get the, the American context. Sure. So I gave her a pass. I said, I said, let me tell you something. You put this out and the company is going to get roasted and roasted in not a good way. Right. Like, well, I don't get it. Like, you know, and I was like, I'm just telling you, you can't send a rapper avatar out that got Kanye glasses and a gold chain with a mic. And this is supposed to represent black people. I said, you, <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you, you don't want to smoke. Right. And so she wound up changing it. But again, that responsibility. So once I left corporate, um, 
I felt like it was my responsibility to share with Black people one about the lack of representation of VR and AR <clears throat> so that hopefully we can start working on changing it. The other thing was about career and business opportunities because if a multi-billion dollar company like USA Today was willing to invest in having a whole internal game development team, right? Like all the team, the team members I primarily worked with used to work in game studios. So they built these games that this was the future. And of course, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people thought that, you know, Gannett USA Today was crazy, right? For bringing on game developers, like, what are you going to do with that? They were, they were futurists. And they made their point, right? They built a product that won a Pulitzer Prize because no one knew, no one even thought about hiring gamers. And so that's primarily why I went out mm -hmm. and like started to share what was possible and how those transferable skills. So all of our, you know, um, young men and young women and even older people, right, who play games like there's a space for you on corporate spaces in a very lucrative space. Mm. And so, you, know, you have um, news of like what Microsoft bought a game studio. I think it was Sony that bought a game studio. And again, they like six years behind the curve. Right. And so even still to some people, they're like, why did they do that? And I'm just like, all right, so I'm going to talk to the people over here. <laughs> Because maybe they'll they'll hear me and maybe maybe they'll get it. Maybe they'll get it. But I think that it's just really important for all of us who are in the space, interested in being in the space, want to get in the space that don't know where to start. It's just get started somewhere. Like wherever you're interested in, start there, start learning, start researching, start going to the conferences, start listening, start following, like just do something. Don't sit on the sidelines and be um, the hood guru where you know everything, right? Between I love that hood guru. <laughs> I'm not using that. Yeah, like you out here make you're like you're 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 spitting out all these things that you're reading, but you're not making any moves. And so I just want to tell you, thank you for turning me on to Hardy. Hardy had me dying last night, right? He was like, he was like, what he say? He was like, if y'all out here wearing Balenciaga paying X amount of money, but you don't got one of these. He put up like his plus two. He's like, I'm going to unfollow you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, tell him Hardy. I think that a lot of times huh, with black people, we get so caught up sometimes on brands and um, flexing and, mm. you know, being the latest with the latest when it comes to like, I don't know. Can I curse? Can I not curse? Like, well, this is you can do whatever you. This is your show today. Okay, like just being hung up on shit that really ain't gonna make the money. Like it makes them look rich, but it ain't gonna really make you money. Like you can fool a lot of people on social media, thinking that you got houses and cars, and you know you got disposable income or discretionary income, I should say, to buy all this stuff. But it's just like invest in something that's gonna bring you back money too. Mm -hmm. So for those um, for those people who are walking around with the the latest iPhone but ain't making money off of iPhone, like that just drives me crazy. Like <laughs> Bianca, we got we gotta stop for a second because I have to. Uh, you know me, my mind. I'm writing stuff down. Like I, <laughs> we gotta unpack this stuff. We gotta unpack this, right? Be 
it's so many layers to what you're saying. And, and, and let's go step by step of kind of what I'm hearing and what's resonating, because I really want to make sure that the audience is getting this. Like you're saying some real true gems and even giving us some light bulbs and even action steps of how we can start to see the industry. Um, one is, of course, got to congratulate you for just w- being an award winning, right? Not just thought leader, um, but of course, just leader in your own space specifically, and even in this VR, AR space. And so just shout out to you for just being amazing. Um, I think it's it's worth giving you your flowers in real time and, and, and here. But I do want to go deeper into something you said. You were talking about almost like this inclusion piece, right? Of like how necessary it is for us, not just women, but people of color, Black women, Black men, et cetera, to be a part of these conversations because without it, we get kind of left behind. Can you go deeper a little bit? Obviously, this platform is Black and Meta, right? So you ride up our alley in terms of of that kind of narrative. Unpack that a little bit more about one is why it's so important, right? And then two is what are some of the first steps that that Black and Brown people can start to take, right? I know you said research, but outside of that, what's maybe a, a deeper step that someone can take to start really getting immersed into this space? All right, so bring me back to a uh, first step. I want to touch on like in, um, DE&I, right? Okay. So let's take it back to that product, right? And so... Like I said, we built three. So the first one was pretty much done by the time I got onto the team. There was like some extra work that needed to be um, that needed to be done. So I wasn't able to really give too much impact on that. The second one, they had already filmed a lot of video and audio. And so they were putting the different pieces together inside the experience, right? And so that experience was the USS Eisenhower. So basically, you know, sharing like naval ships. And what was really important about that particular project is as we were reviewing the footage, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, I see women, I see men. And then at the time, I think I was the only woman in the group watching the film with them. And then I turned around and I said to them, where are the interviews from the female officers? Mm-hmm. And they looked at me and they were like, literally it was like that, right? I don't think we got any. What do you mean? What do you mean you didn't get any interviews from the female officers? So I'm sitting here thinking that at some point in time, I'm going to hear about their experience being on a ship with men, being in leadership, and y'all got no interviews from the women. Didn't even record it. Didn't even, didn't even think about it. Right. And so, and like even backing up. So the, the creator director on the project said, Bianca, you're right. He was like, we went there, we got all excited. So he, it was him and like two or three other members of our team. They were all men and they probably got their permission from the higher um, officers on the ship who probably were men and authorized who to talk to and who not to talk to. And so sometimes it's just as simple as having women in the room to be able to balance the planning, right? So they had already did all the filming. They couldn't go back out to the ship because um, when they got the the footage, I think they were off the, the coast of like San Diego, And so it travels, right? So it's not like we can go back and go get it. And so I was just like, okay. And so they're like, oh my God, you're right. So we had to put out that product as is missing Mm. audio 
in actual interview test interviews from female officers, right? And so that's why it's important, especially for us. And like, that's just on a, a, a female, a woman perspective, right? Like being able to make sure that the narratives are balanced, right? And so no fault to men is just instinctively, sometimes they just don't think about that, right? And maybe, and that was like almost six years ago at this point, maybe now, you know, with the new generation of men that are coming out there, you know, if a woman's not represented in the room that they'll look around, it's like, all right, so do we have women represented? So that's one example, right? The Mm -hmm. second example was around um, the wall VR. So the project that won the Pulitzer. And again, as we were um, reviewing the footage, we had, we were working with like 40 something different journalists, right? From California to Texas and a mix, women, men, Latino, white, black, like we had the whole mix. And so as we were going through, again, the media, the footage of like what to include. And I remember one particular conversation, this has nothing to do with like race or gender. This was about empathy. We had some footage of unfortunately dead bodies, right? Mm -hmm. And images of dead bodies. Unfortunately, you know, some of the migrants didn't make it through the the terrain of Mexico. And that's the other thing that I think a lot of people just missed in the narrative of, um, people, illegal immigrants jumping over a fence is that these people are really risking their lives. Hmm. Like the terrain, the heat, not having um, food, not having water, not having um, the proper clothes, not having the proper shoes. A lot of people don't make it. And Hmm. I'm getting emotional (laughs) just even talking about it because the loss of life and trying to save your life there ain't too many people that could understand that struggle, right? And so I think like, if you grow up in a dangerous inner city, you can probably understand that where, you know, oh my God, I feel like I'm almost about to cry. Um, you could probably understand that from like a drug perspective or a game perspective, like just trying to make it out, right? And um, seeing the terrain and hearing the stories and hearing about the families who will go look for their, their family members who never, who never made it on either end, right? they either never came back or they never made it to their contact on the other side. And then just that, the unknowing of like what happened to my family member, because a lot of people are unidentified. They wow. make it to the morgue and no one can identify. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about you, right? So I say all that to say, you know, we were going through the footage and, you know, we had to be very conscious about what went in and what what didn't, right? And so, you know, we really try to keep out the images of bodies in the morgue and, um, you know, we could tell the stories of like, you know, so-and-so didn't make it, but like just being very conscious of like not showing dead bodies, right? And so... um, Projects like that, and I, and I think that's why it's important that we, right, Black people, people of color, women, whoever, people who just give a damn, who are empathetic in some way, so that you can, one, share the stories so that it busts through that narrative that is just so trite and so recycled, and it, it humanizes people, and um, I think that's the power, that's the power yeah. of 
of this tech, right? And so, all right, let me get myself together. No, so, you're, you're, uh, <laughs> you're, you're totally fine. I want to highlight something just for a second is yeah. that you are really shedding light on a different part of the conversation that hasn't been had around the metaverse, around VR, around AR, right? So yeah. much of, and I really don't want y'all to miss this, so much of the conversations have been that you have to have this technical background, right? In terms of actual know how to code or know how to build a virtual world or have to understand and crypto in and out A to Z. But I think what Bianca is so, so masterfully and gracefully sharing with us today is how there are other skill sets, soft skills, just empathy is one, right? That is yeah. so necessary in a lot of these, these spaces and conversations and companies, whether it be you starting your own company or whether it be working with a company that is still essentially highlighting VR, AR, and that's their focus, but they need us in these other places too. And I think that's such, such a great narrative that that I want to highlight here is that the metaverse, VR, AR, it's for everybody and everybody can find their space, even if it's not a hard technical skill, right? And I think you're you're sharing that. Am I getting that right, Bianca? Is that kind of how Yeah, you're, you're hitting it right on the head because even that one portion of just storytelling, right? Empathetic storytelling, there's a lot of people who want to tell you, you got to have the technical background. They want to, you know, find ways to make multi-million dollar drops. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Right. (laughs) But at the end of the day, we all know this, it's about the experience. And if I come in there and this experience is on some, oh, get rich quick, um, you know, look at this, this is cool. It lights up. Okay. I leave, then it's gimmicky. Right. And so, Mm. That was part of the problem for why VR really didn't take off. I would say probably in the the 2010s, right? A lot of it was gimmicky. It was game like, you know, you're falling off of buildings, you're, you know, beating the drum in the box, right? But like until people started making experiences that really submerge and emerge people, there was no real, in my opinion, there was no real use case to make people wanting to come back. And so even that one experience that we built, it was um, the first of its kind, right? It was the first of its kind of, of course, it had many different goals, but the goal was to really share the empathetic story of like what it it really means to attempt to cross the border, what it really means to actually try Mm -hmm. to put up the fence and tell the story from all sides, not just the side that is the sexiest that, you know, is going to make your party win. It's just like, at the end of the day, all political affiliations aside, these are people. These are people. Yeah. Whether or not you agree with their methods of them trying to get here, that's a whole nother story. But understanding how it impacts so many different things. Like one thing that I think that just kind of like really got glanced over in that particular example is like eminent domain. You had people who had families, generations of inhabiting different land across the border. And I'm not even just talking about Mexican families. I'm talking about American families, right? Right, Cowboys, right? right? Who, you know, was like, I'm not giving up my land to the government. Like, and they had the shotguns and all that other stuff. But I mean, it's a whole story. But getting back to like how people can get started, it's like, there's so many opportunities. I mean, it's storytelling. It's you know, um, anyone who's in the video space. So drone footage, 360 video, Mm -hmm. there's a new type of video out now. I think it's called volumetric capture. I think that's Mm -hmm. what it is. Okay. So 
um, on my event production people. So if like you are big into sound DJs, like my friend, oh, DJs. Um, (laughs) One of my other friends, I've been telling him for a while, like there are so many opportunities around like spatial audio. So spatial audio is this idea, not idea, it's this actual thing within like VR where people are listening to sound and depending on how far or um, close they are near to the, the object that is making the sound, it gets lower or um, higher, right? And so there's some beautiful things that you could do with that. And I mean, for all my sound, my sound people out there, there's so many opportunities for you, like when it comes to soundtracks, when it comes to doing audio for um, stationary kind of like event spaces or, um, environments like there's just so much and I just want anyone who's listening to this is to take a look at what you're actually naturally what you gravitate to and then it's like do search that plus the metaverse <laughs> like if you want to say that again that's yeah, that like, is the plug right there yeah I mean it's really that simple so like if you're into storytelling storytelling plus the metaverse start researching there if you're into um sound manipulation or creating soundtracks creating soundtracks in the metaverse, right? DJing, DJing in the metaverse, right? And then like, you'll start getting articles, videos, inspiration, motivation, because sometimes all you need to see is somebody else doing the thing. You're like, all right, I could do that, but I can make it so much better. Or like, yo, it would have been dope if they would have did X, Y, and Z. And so uh, I think kind of like bringing up two DJ examples, like people, when the pandemic hit, there were all these DJs that could have been playing music from their homes. But it wasn't until D-Nice was out here, you know, doing sets that he was like the COVID DJ. And people were like, ah, and like he's shouting people out in the comments. Man, that man going to be paid for life. Well, just because of that. Right. And so that's just one thing, taking advantage, right? The other thing is the first DJ that I saw DJ in the metaverse was um, DJ Jazzy Jeff. And so he was he was locking down contracts since last year. And so, yeah. And I mean, like DJing global metaverse events, like I'm just like y'all here playing games, talking about I don't want to DJ until somebody send me some money in my cash app. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, um, this is this is this is so interesting to me because I think you're making it practical, right? Like it's beyond just the technical pieces, the foundation, right? In terms of the industry, but the industry has so many different sp- spokes, so many different layers, so many di- like mm-hmm. we can all get involved, and that is something that keeps ringing and resonating right now. Is that it is for everyone to take advantage of the opportunity. We are at a ground floor opportunity and Bianca is sharing with us is that even though it's been around for some time, it's really now because of the immersiveness and some of the other layers really being able to take off and you have an opportunity to get involved. It's really simply finding your space and where you fit into this larger industry. Um, I think that's so good. So, so, so good. Um, And even just the takeaway of like, y'all got some homework now, go to Google and put metaverse plus your industry or vice versa and figure out what comes up. Bianca, I want to switch just for a second gears as we get ready to go into our last portion and talk a little bit more about the work that you're doing 
right? We see the Brick Rose Exchange in the background. And I know that you do speaking, you do sharing. Tell us a little bit about what your, your play right now is or how you're right now, including the metaverse into the things that you're doing. Um, and, and also what you're looking forward to the future in the next few, whether it be months, years, et cetera. What are you excited about with the metaverse? Oh man, I'm excited about a whole lot. And so I'll say this, you know, with COVID, just like with everybody, there was about like 83 million events canceled, canceled or rescheduled, ours included. <laughs> so we were getting cancellations left and right, right? And so then what, what did people do? They went to Zoom, Airme, Hopin to kind of do some version of their event. And even we're starting to see now that people are exhausted and tired of Zoom, right? And so, you know, for us, going through COVID, by the grace of God, our, do- our door is still open. So I'm just really excited about that, right? But then we even had to get smart about like, all right, so COVID and its variants happened two years in a row. We can't we can't survive another, a, a third year of something like this, right? So what else can we do? And at first we we looked at live streaming and I'm like, live streaming has so many different issues. And also people were starting to get, again, tired. They started to get fatigued of these events. And I'm like, well, the metaverse started popping. And so thanks to marking them, uh, I'm changing the name. No, I'm serious. I'll, I'll give him his props. With them changing their name, it renewed interest in VR and AR, now mm-hmm. known as the metaverse, right? Or at least an element of the metaverse. That more people were paying attention. They were buying headsets. They were interested. And it went from a gimmick to like, let me let me really see what's popping with this. Mm-hmm. And so for us with Brick Rose, we decided while we were already doing live events that we were going to... Um, kind of pivot or supplement our services with hybrid events so people could have like a metaverse equivalent to their live event if they wanted to or just have a metaverse event in totality and so that's what we've been doing and it's been working out really well in the short period of time that we've been doing it we've actually got funded by facebook meta and so i'm i'm really excited um about what's to come. And so there's some pretty big other announcements that are coming um, that I'm not at liberty to just say just yet, but I'm just excited about one, people's interest in it. Cause you know, like I said, I've, I've been at this for like six years. And so while I'm sitting around looking and reading about VR stuff, people are like, what's that? That's the thing with the headset. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, it's the thing with the headset. I will never forget when I brought one home for Thanksgiving. My Only my one cousin was even interested in looking at what we built. I was like, yeah, we built this thing. She goes, oh, that's cool. Okay, take this off. And so now, you know, some sometime later, it is now a thing that's not going away. And so... You know, in addition to running people's metaverses, metaverse events, I actually do trainings, right? So the trainings happen every Tuesday. Um, you can get there by BrickRoseMetaverse.org. Um, Brick and so I guess we can figure out if we could drop that link somewhere. Absolutely. It happens every Tuesday for people who want to know not necessarily what the metaverse is, because you can Google it and actually have a one-on-one class for that, but like how to bring your business into the metaverse and how to bring the metaverse to your business. Um, That is the class because what I don't want to happen is that black people are sitting on this whole, we're going to wait this thing out. We're going to wait till it pops. Um, And then by the time we wait till it pop, it unpopped. 
and all the really big opportunities are gone because we're too busy waiting because we don't know what it is. We don't know what we need to do. And so if you're going to do anything janky, this is the time to do a janky because no one knows what it's going to turn out to be. No mm-hmm. one knows how it's all going to come together. There are um, apps, there are siloed apps. They don't talk to each other just yet, but I'm pretty sure at some point it there will be something that's going to start talking to each other and make it massive. But like my goal is to teach and assist and really usher people through uh, the doorway as sooner rather than later. So, you know, we do the training class, then there's a boot camp where we actually help people build out their own private spaces um, using a platform that already exists um, to make it super easy for people. And then we actually um, run spaces for people on a longer term basis. Mm -hmm. So like for a whole year. And so we help with design and strategy, monetization, you know, things like that. And so that's what we're working on. Um, I'm really excited about it. And um, I love I it. I just think it's so I, I really, like I said, back in 2016, when I started doing the research and just trying to figure out what it was, um, that whole thing of us not being represented just, just didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. It didn't sit well with me. And so now I'm just trying to figure out how to make as as big of an impact as possible without tiring myself out. And so I think is connecting with like you, Black and Meta, um, you know, different other people who have communities who are listening. And I think the most important thing is like, don't wait for your crew to jump on this. Like, just don't <laughs> go ahead and jump. Don't in get it. it. Get the headset. Yeah, go get, get it that going. Headset. Yeah, jump in it because then you're going to meet a whole new crew. So I feel like me and Hardy mm-hmm. friends in the head, even though we haven't met um, personally just yet but um it's it's like don't wait don't wait and then it's it's just so crazy it's kind of like the people who um in the middle of the pandemic towards the end of the pandemic was like I'm about to sell this PPE no you ain't player <laughs> <laughs> no you ain't and like even like this year um there was a company that I came across who were like, oh, we sell PPE. And then like two weeks later, the net, the, the U.S. government was like, oh, we sending out free tests to everybody. <laughs> I was like, well. <laughs> I guess you ain't moving those millions of tests you got because people getting them for free. Why, they, why would they pay you? Right. But I mean, that's two years after the fact, right? And so don't wait two years after the fact because... According to Mark and them's timeline, October would make October or November somewhere around there would make a year, right? We still let we're in we're in infancy stage right now. In infancy, like right. infancy, and I want to highlight that as we get ready to wrap up here because it is so important that we leave y'all understanding that it is the opportunity right now of a lifetime. I mean, we're looking at the time and how how things grow. Everybody doesn't get a chance to experience. No, go ahead. Jump in. I was going to say, I actually said this to somebody um, during a demo. I said, I really feel like this is one of the shots, one of the last few shots that Black people have an opportunity to transfer massive wealth. Mm. Unpack that really quick, Bianca. I will. I will. So I had a whole conversation about this at South by South by Southwest. That is what reported was it two two thousand thirty seven two thousand forty seven one of those years that black wealth is supposed to hit zero like net worth 
Right. So we go back to, you know, in my mind, being slaves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't do something and do something drastic and do something drastic fast, we will end up at the bottom of the economic ladder, basically, after we done spent 400, 450, however many years trying to, you know, reclaim what's ours, um, really to make uh, a cohesive, not stand, but like to, to have cohesive impact. And so while we may have over a trillion dollars in spending power, buying power, you know, a lot of that money, in my personal opinion, sits with older people. Mm. And so, you know, it may get passed down. It may not. <laughs> Some of the younger people have the money, but aren't like saving it or putting it in places that are actually going to um, duplicate, replicate, grow, all of those things. And so <clears throat> if you're like me with a lot of student loan debt, <laughs> um, you like most. <laughs> yeah, getting into the metaverse and figuring out where 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 your footing is and like really being able to I don't know, I don't really like this word, but this is the best word to to use exploit. Exploit the opportunities that are here. Not exploit people, but exploit the opportunities um to really create something for yourself as well as other people and even just the application of NFTs. Like that's just mind-blowing to me the whole idea of like royalties and perpetuity, right? And so, again, this might sound like Chinese to somebody listening, right? But again, this is where it it is. You got to start. I remember hearing about NFTs on Clubhouse and that was last year, right? But last year, and I sat on the information because I didn't quite understand like how it worked because it was new tech. And so- when I when when Facebook made the move to Meta, I was like, all right, even if I don't understand, I got to keep on reading until one day it just clicks. It clicked, right? Oh. And so I'm like, eh, okay, I got this now. I got this. But it all it it just it depends on people like being invested in learning and also just sticking with something. So don't don't let this don't let this be you. Don't don't miss out on the opportunity to accumulate massive wealth. Um, massive wealth in perpetuity um, and also being connected to other networks that help you continue to continue making that massive wealth. Um, there's so much I can say about that. I, I, I look, we, we already know we're going to do this again. This is just part one. <laughs> this is part one. And next time we do it, we're going to do it in the metaverse. So that's a whole nother conversation. But yes. no, I think you're, you're dead on with this. Hit the nail on the head, Bianca, that this is so important. This is our shot, right? And, and this is one of the first times in our lifetime where something is literally being built from the ground up and mm-hmm. we have a chance to be included. And I think that's the part that's super exciting about this is that it is really being built in front of our eyes. And because it's an open playing field, you know, we can... We can be involved and be a part. Um, I, I can't echo that enough is that the metaverse is for all of us and we yeah. must, must, we, it is our responsibility to get involved um, and, and do our thing. So we're, we, you know what we are. We, we bring magic anywhere we go anyway. Right. So it's like, why not be in a place where, like you said, we can leverage a, a trillion dollar opportunity um, and really create wealth for ourselves and for our families and, and everything to come. One last thing I want to highlight what Bianca is saying is what I think is really even interesting, too, is the networks. 
anybody who's involved right now, you start to like find new crew. It's like anybody who's involved right now is forward thinking, is ambitious, yeah. right? Is about it, right? Anybody who's involved at this grassroots level. And it's interesting because there are new connections. I can even echo that. Like I'm having friends and connections that I, I to your point, have never met in the physical world, but literally feel like we're connected just like this because we're actually making these spaces and connections inside. Um, all that to be said, I think, again, I'm just so grateful for your voice, for, for your work, for the things that you're doing. It's absolutely necessary. Um, and, and anything else you want to say or leave before, before we get out of here? Any last words, last charges, last thoughts for the audience? And we'll make sure that we drop that link below too, so that she was talking about Brick Rose Exchange. Definitely the business owners, make sure that you connect with her, take her class, understand how you can get them your met, the metaverse to your business, and then also vice versa. So we'll make sure that we drop that link below, Bianca. But any last words, anything else that you want to share with us? Yeah, the, the, the single most important thing that I can say is do it in fear. Like, even if you're afraid, just do it anyway. And don't worry about it being janky because most people don't know it's janky. Because <laughs> it's brand new. Like Tina said, it's being built in front of our eyes. I just, I would hate to see people sit on ideas for like six months, even three months. Um, because in three months, something else could change and it, it not even be a thing that people want anymore. So it's like, if you got the idea, figure out how you can start tomorrow. Start start right now. Don't even Drop start. Today. Yes, today, because let me just tell you this. Um, I didn't even know that we would get to metaverse events. It literally, I had a conversation with one of my business coaches in December. And I was like, yeah, you know, this is my background. He was like, you've been waiting. You've been sitting on this this whole time. Like, because we had already been working together for about four months. And that was the first time that I had mentioned it. And then another friend of mine who's an entrepreneur here in Baltimore, where I am, um, I had hit her up because she's really good at pitch competitions. And I was writing, um, like making a pitch deck for somebody else and entering them in a pitch competition. And she looked at me and was like, why aren't you entering Brick Rose? I was like, entering Brick Rose for what? And so she's like, the metaverse. And so I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, do this and do that. I entered it, made it to the top five. And so... <laughs> This is what I'm talking about, Tina. Like, sometimes you don't know how dope your stuff is until you really, like, sit down and put words around it and you put it out into the world. And then, you know, depending on how religious or spiritual you are, God or the universe, pick your poison, right? Or not pick your poison, pick your path, right? (laughs) Um, It's just, like, granted, we're going to open these doors. And so, like, I just would have never imagined... um, one, making the pitch deck and actually entering Brick Rose itself. And, and I actually also entered the other person. They made it through the top 12, right? But we made it through the top five. And I'm just like, imagine how much dopeness you're sitting on because you hadn't had that right conversation with somebody in your new crew. <laughs> okay, hold up now. You know I get excited when you start talking like that. Come on. <laughs> You said something there. Please yeah. say that again. That's good. Well, so a lot of times we get so stuck on the people we grew up with, the people in our family. You know, we, we talk to the same people all the time. Mm. And I'm, I I love all, all the old friends, but sometimes they don't bring you to a place of inspiration and motivation. And it's not until you meet your new friends who are saying stuff that 
You're like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, let me go ahead and do that. And so my new friend, who, like I said, who is an entrepreneur in um, in Baltimore, I've been watching her for years, which I thought was really funny. And so she said she had been watching me for years. And she came to an event that I physically had at my space and we've been inseparable ever since, right? And so in December, she was like, Bianca, why don't you enter Rick Rose for the contest? And it's just like, I just never even, like it, it never crossed my mind. Right, and I right. and was like, really going to put the metaverse first. Like I was playing around with it, like, all right, how can we do it? And I was like, all right, well, if we do it, it'll be from an event perspective, like doing events in the metaverse, because we're an event space, do events in the metaverse, makes total sense. But it wasn't until she said that the, the light bulb went off and I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like writing up stuff. I'm like doing a pitch deck for the first time, the real first time and make it through a contest. And I was just like, okay, God and universe, I see y'all and the ancestors, I see y'all here conspiring, right? Um, Which I think is dope. And so that's why I think that it's so important for people to just get started, even if it's just an idea, find a new crew to talk to. Because like, if you are where you wanted to be with the people you already have, you will already be there. So sometimes you got to start building other crews, like a, a, bicy- a bicycle spoke, right? You got to have crew, a crew over here, a crew over there, a crew over there. And then as you share your ideas and your dreams, and let's just say one crew is shooting it down, you might have to close down that crew or like they need to just be your family and that's it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Then take your, your dreams and your aspirations to the we get shit done crew over here. Like, yo, that's dope. What you need? Like, let me call, you know, so-and-so at ABC, right? I'm like, I want that crew. That's the energy. Um, yeah, that's the energy. Like, I want, when I start talking about something like, yo, B, what you need? I want that crew. Um, Because I know, like, my family, they're my family, right? Like, they have grown up with me. They see me in a certain way. And sometimes they, it's so funny, because sometimes they call me boss lady, which I think is really funny, but I don't, I don't even really think that they understand all the stuff that be going on up here. And like, I'm pretty sure if I told them, they'd probably be looking at me like, okay. <laughs> Versus when you talk to your crew and your crew is like, all right, what we need to do? Like it, mobilize, let's mobilize this. Yeah, thing. Like make your mission, work. yeah. Like your mission becomes theirs. And like, that's the only type of energy I'm on this year. Like, I, I don't know. I, I like, I send Tina random stuff, y'all. I'd be like, all right, Tina, check this out. And so um, it's just, I realized that I can't be everywhere and nor will I want to be. And I know that there's some opportunities that are way suited, um, they're better suited for other people. And I'm all about proximity, right? And so proximity in a good way. I want to share as much as I can share anything that comes across my desk, my email, my phone, my text or whatever. And like, you know what? I'm not really media. So like, let me forward this to Tina. Let me forward this to my other home girl who has like a whole platform where she's sourcing experts. Like, let me, let me get them in on it. They become media. They might find a way to get me on, on, on the team. Right. And so, and that's the other thing too. If you're going to sit by the sidelines, that's okay. But if you see something that's really dope for somebody in your community, send it to mm, them. That's good. Send it to them because you just never know. Um, my homegirl who told me to enter the pitch competition, she was like, hey, can you help me out? She was doing like an investor day where she had to do like 13 pitches all in a row. Mm. I was like, yeah, I can help you out, girl. I didn't realize it was going to be all day. But nonetheless, <laughs> I learned so much from watching her pitch 13 times 
to different investors, how she modify, modify her pitch. It was the, I learned pitching in a few hours what it takes many people years to do. Just by being with her that day. Yeah. And so, and also being in a servant leadership role, a lot of people are like, oh no, like that's my whole day. You know, she going to have to, you know, break me off. Blah, right, blah, blah, right. Blah, blah. No, and I never asked her, but she sent me money anyway. She was like, I know this probably is not, not nearly enough of what you would make in a day. And I was like, I wasn't even worried about the money. Like I was worried about whether or not I was going to understand all the conversations you were having and be able to dissect that and understand to be able to take the notes back without actually physically taking notes. Right. And like being able to put that in my deck, being able to know like how to say certain things. And I'm like, I don't think people get the power of one again, proximity yeah. and then two putting other people on. So she gave me that opportunity. I had an opportunity where I was putting together a panel at South by Southwest, which I was trying to get you on, um, but you wasn't going to be there. I know. Um, I know. Listen, we would have been all up in there. I was trying to make that the blackest panel at South by Southwest. I almost accomplished it. I, they put one white girl on there, but it, it was going to go down. And, um, that entrepreneur that I went to the pitch competition with, I was like, girl, I know that you don't really talk about all this all, this, all the time, but I don't care. Like, you're going to be on this panel. So she was like, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So now she has video of her talking about emerging tech stuff, which she's starting to kind of get mm-hmm. into. And now it's going to help her move into certain areas. So I'm just like, I'm all about proximity. I'm all about building the spokes. And it's just like, you, you got to put people in position. Your energy is infectious. I love it. I you because you can't be around somebody like you who not only is brilliant and wants more for for your life, for your own life, but you want it for everybody else's life that you're around. And it's so I just I just love your heart. I love your energy. That's why when we first connected, I'm glad we stayed in contact and even though we don't talk every week, it's like we always I think we understand and real recognize real and I want to say something to to what Bianca is sharing is that, you know, for those who have that heart and to, to serve and be servant leaders, and even if you have people that you've served for before and they haven't recognized you, don't stop. Don't right. stop because real recognize real, right? There's there's the Biancas out there. There's other people that will see you when you show up, even when you aren't doing the thing yet. They're just going to recognize your heart. And so you know, I just, I, 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 I'm serious because I think there, there's there's been a lot of our stories for those who are servant leaders who have done it and it has not been reciprocated. Right. And so I just really want to encourage you, Bianca, to continue to do what you do. Um, and even for those listening, continue to serve. You can never go wrong being helpful. It's never a bad time to be helpful. You never have to ask permission to be helpful. Right. It'll always come back to you. I know that I've experienced that sometimes where like, I don't want to bother somebody. Well, maybe this will help. Maybe it won't. Don't even get into that. Do what you know is best and it'll always come back to you. So Bianca, thank you for just being the leader that you are. I love you so much. I, I glean from you. I'm inspired by you often. Um, it's just so excited to be able to elevate your story today. Look, we are about to run out of time. You know, we could do this all day. We could do this all day. But what I do want to do is make sure that our audience knows where to follow you, um, where to connect with Brick Rose, drop your link again, or just tell us what it is again um, so that we can take advantage of the Metaverse program and the boot camp and all of that. So really yeah. quick, before we go, give us your socials and everything else that we can do to take a next step. Yeah, so it's my name. So Bianca J. Jackson. So you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. 
You probably can't find me on Facebook. I locked that down a long time ago. Um, the link for the class is Brick Rose Metaverse. So kind of like the logo, or I'm not sure if people will be able to see the logo in the back, but B-R-I-C-K-R-O-S-E metaverse.org. And so I normally send people there um, because we update the page every time, like once the class ends. So I'll be doing it every two weeks for the rest of the year or until I get tired. <laughs> so um, get in where you fit in. We average anywhere between, I want to say like five or 10 people each class which is good because we do the class and then we go on a tour through the metaverse so I know people get really excited about that but Tina I just want to tell you I love your energy I wish that I could take you everywhere put you in my pocket um because I think that what you just said a lot of people don't understand when you have this very servant leadership or servant heart people think that I don't know, like for, for a lot of people, they don't value that. Like they don't really know what they're getting in you and out of you. Like if I'm invested in your dream, in your mission, we ride, right? We ride until something happens where either you don't understand like how invested I am in, in you, in your mission, or, um, you know, there's a situation that comes up. But I think that there are a lot of people doing amazing things that will be really helpful to black people. And that's important to me. That's, that's really important to me. And so another analogy that I use is like right now, my cruise ship is pulling into the port. Now people can get on the boat and follow the captain. Cause once I leave the, the, the port, I ain't coming back. Right? No, I'm serious. I'm not coming back. And so, especially with this metaverse and VR stuff, this is like the second shot at this. Like I tried to do this back in 2017, but a lot of people, there were a lot of barriers to entry, like the headsets were too high and the supercomputers were too much. Now everything is aligned. And so I'm at the dock, I'm chilling, I'm at the port, trying to put as many people on the boat as possible before I go back out to sea. And so that's that's what I'm trying to do. Um, yeah. That's good. And even if you're not on the boat, have a helicopter so you can land. <laughs> I love these analogies. Right, Look, we, we, we not getting left, Cap. We, we coming. <laughs> we coming. I'm trying to be on the boat. And we trying to bring everybody else on the boat as well, too. So the Black and Meta community, y'all heard her. Yeah. We at the port. We chilling right now. Yeah, we chilling. Just know one day soon that we we pulling off um and we absolutely are challenging you and charging you to do your part to find your space find your industry yeah. find your voice within this this industry so that you can go along with us and even create your own cruise ship for your own sub community right within within our space so bianca yeah. this has been such a joy today I appreciate you for sharing your gems and your insights. Again, like I said, next time we do this, we're going to do it in the metaverse and make sure that we can invite the audience that way. <clears throat> but in the meantime, um, thank you so much for being here. We're going to make sure that you all get all of her socials. The links will be down below. Um, but until we meet again, Bianca, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to get this out. And uh, yes, it's been a pleasure to have you here. So thank you again. Y'all know what to do. Follow at Black and Meta across all social platforms. We're here to help you be able to not just understand what all of these moving parts are, but really give you actionable steps and practical steps to find your voice, find your place, so that you can leverage the opportunity at hand. So Bianca, love you much. Until we meet again, I will see you soon.